0: Cougars' house, the Houston Cougars lost one They never really had on Wednesday Trust me, it's possible You are Locked on Cougs, your daily Podcast on the Houston Cougars Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team Every day Welcome to the Locked on Cougs, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrew to break down all things Coogs If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who came to buy, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way, we can lay us on Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. If you found us on YouTube, welcome back to the YouTube channel. It is so good to see you again. Remember to subscribe. Don't give away every 200 subscribers on YouTube. The next one is at 2,000. It's a big one hit subscribe, help us get there, like and comment the video, let us know you're in the contest. If you have no idea what to say after talking about changes in the football team and stuff like that, in the roster and the recruiting and so on, if you're more of a Hoops guy, A, we're back to Hoops tomorrow, but B, tell us in the comments, actually after comments yesterday, tell us in the comments if you are a Toaster Strudel or a Pop-Tart person. Alright, so today's episode is going to be looking at uh, some news from the 2025 recruiting class, uh, the early part of that recruiting class. And then we're going to be looking at uh, what that news could be telling us about the staff and then some positives that may be taken out of that. And then also looking at uh, what's going on in bowl season because Houston beat some teams that have won some bowl games. All that ahead. But first, let's jump on in and talk about what happened on Wednesday. Going into the day on Wednesday, Houston had one 2025 recruit committed officially. Uh, I say committed officially there, you know, have been some rumors about this kid and that kid and those kinds of things. But one official commit uh, going into the day on Wednesday, uh, that was JT Kitna, son of John Kitna, quarterback in Middleton, Ohio, a three-star kid. Uh, And then on Wednesday, he tweeted out publicly that he has decommitted from the University of Houston after the staff changes. Uh, We talked about back when he did commit – One of the things he really liked was the loyalty the staff felt towards him. Uh, They were his. So he's reported as the kid reported his first offer. Most industry things actually have Houston as his second offer. But either way, Houston was in on JT Kidna early. And uh, there was some, you know, they some respect there for finding him early. I guess you could say um, for what it's worth. Kitna, 6'2", 215, son of a pro, and dad's John Kitna. He lives in Middleton, Ohio now, but was born in Burleson, Texas and went to high school in Burleson, Texas uh, for his first year of high school. Um, he's a good runner, and I thought it was really good when I watched some of his stuff play when he committed. I'm checking through my notes here. I throw in what I call the trash can ball, like high arc, corner throws, far sideline, that kind of stuff. Um, throw it up high and let your guy go run under it, make a play kind of stuff. I thought he was really good at that for a young quarterback, frankly, because I was watching sophomore of high school tape from him going into his junior season. He continued to have a very strong junior season, uh, very good high school quarterback, three-star kid, Um, and again, connected with Holgerson and that staff, um, I guess more so apparently than the university. And uh, it looks like he's not going – he decommitted, I guess. He didn't say he's never coming or anything like that, I guess. He If if Willie Fritz and, and staff wanted him, he could go get him. I don't know that he lines necessarily with the kind of offense that looks like uh, Barbe may be running, but we'll see. Um, all that is to say that it just feels like another domino and a long line of guys leaving. Obviously, Matthew Golden, the star returner and wide receiver, transferring to University of Texas, Austin. Chidozi uh, Adanwankwo transferring to Colorado. Tyler Johnson also transferring to Colorado. We're awaiting the Jamari Caldwell decision. Uh, Jamari jumped in the transfer portal and has heard offers from other schools. Uh, We also know that he's very close to Brian early. And so, you know, Brian early coming back to the staff may have some impact on whether or not he stays. We're still kind of up in the air on that as they're recording this podcast. Um, All that is to say that, you know, Losing a kid like JT, who had 12 D1 offers, six of them from the Power 5. Again, that was going into his junior season, uh, and he committed to Houston August 1st before his junior season started, and that's pretty impressive for a young quarterback. I know his name carries some weight there, but it's a lot. Um, I think it just feels like a lot of dominoes continue to fall as you look at Things falling away, the stripping down to rebuild from the ground up, the Phoenix from the ashes means you have to burn it down in the first place, kind of thing, right? Um, but I I think we're gonna miss JT Kitten if we're running an offense that favored him, although I'm gonna trust Barbe to do what he's gonna do on that. The offense coordinator that is. Um, but as I look at this, no, Houston's not having any 2025 commits officially as of right now. Right. it's uh, a long way away. Frankly, let's try and get some more guys flipped in the 2024 class before the signing day window closes, I think would be my goal, if I were being really honest with you. Um, and thus far, Houston has had a net gain in the Willie Fritz era, in the few weeks that it's been, of seven 2024 high school kids. Uh, they went from eight to 15. Uh, Fort Worth Fritz actually added nine, not seven, but two kids, uh, much like Kitna, had actually pulled their commitments and gone elsewhere. Um, so nine kids added to the class via Willie Fritz and he also added 10 more transfers, so you're up to 25 new faces in the Houston Cougar football program for next year and I think it's just important to keep in mind that uh, you know you always feel more connected to the ones you know like a JT Kittena, like a Matthew Golden, like a Donna Wonko, because you know those kids are good, like you know Matthew Golden it's a game changing kind of football talent. You know, Dino Wonko can hold it down in the middle. We saw what our defense looked like with him versus without him last season. We frankly are thinking the same thing about Jamari Caldwell. Jamari Caldwell is an impact player, a playmaker. JT Kitna could have been that guy as well. Potentially losing them both is potentially a big problem for the future of the Houston Cougar football program. However, there's also a big chunk of just like they're a known quantity. Now, I don't know if they're going to find someone better than Jamari, so I don't mean to put him in the same category. But I have fairly high hopes as I look at the high school kids coming in, the 15 of them. I have fairly high hopes as I look at the, uh, the transfer portal kids coming in in the 2024 class, including some highly regarded kids coming from Tulane directly as of this moment. Um, Houston's got a Webb, a corner, and uh, Keith Cooper. A linebacker both coming directly from or sorry, linebacker defensive tackle, I should say. Oof, my my bad, Keith. Um, but both coming defensive end, defense line, linebacker, right? Sorry, oh, lots of things. But both coming from Tulane to the University of Houston. Um, and I think the interesting thing there is that like we've seen them perform in the Fritz system when they know that they're Fritz guys. Um, similarly, we're bringing in uh, Kendra Gantt, who I'm getting higher and higher on the more I hear about, linebacker from Louisiana, former Louisiana Lafayette, right? Um, bringing in a playmaker at the linebacker spot to fill some holes that we were missing last year after losing Donovan uh, Mooton to <laughs> to. Uh, the I guess attempted to the NFL. I think it's on a practice squad right now. Um, I think that on the whole, while we're losing names we know and that always feels poor, we're actually gaining better football players in the big picture. Um, again, I don't mean to say it's either to place, a Matt or a Nwankwo or – Caldwell, and I don't think we're, I really hope we don't have to replace Caldwell. Um, and I don't think we're doing it with necessarily one guy either. Like, you not get one guy that just replaces Matt Gold, and you'll get one guy that just replaces Josie, But I do think that on the whole, the team is still moving in the right direction amidst losing guys like that, amidst losing guys like the commit for 2025, JT Kitna. Now, football season's a long way away. And if you're looking to do something as far as getting around town, getting out to to see a show, comedy, music, uh, basketball, baseball, get out of town and go see some hockey, whatever the case may be. You need to do a game time down the game time app to do it because game time has all these cool ways to see upcoming events uh, in the Houston area. You can see, again, tickets to concerts, shows, theater, uh, comedy all kinds of things and top of sports around Houston. They'll do all kinds of cool ways where you can see what your seats are going to look like, what the view from your seats will look like what their v- virtual things online. You can just say, Hey, I want to sit in like this section and let them pick the row and seat for you and get to save an average of 18% savings on those kinds of apps, uh, instances. And if you find a seat in the same row and section, for less, they'll give you 110% of the difference. They'll do all kinds of things to make sure that you get the cheapest ticket you can get into that game. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, gear, run, guaranteed. All right, so I mentioned we're losing JT Kidna. He's not gonna come, he's 2025 quarterback, three-star kid, highly regarded. Da, 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 da. That put me down this like rabbit hole here, and I think you're gonna like where I ended up. So, Houston, as recently as about a week ago, offered a kid named John Shobel. John Shobel is a 2025 linebacker tight end from Columbus, Texas. Uh, he's a very good linebacker slash tight end. He's probably going to you know, come in as an ATH type guy, but in that vein, and I'm not sure if he was an offensive guy or a defensive guy, it looks like he could potentially develop into either. Strong candidate to develop into either offense or defensive football player. Again, that linebacker tight end type body. His brother, Adam Schubel, is a 2025 four-star quarterback also from Columbus, Texas. Um, And their father coached the team, too, for what it's worth. And I thought it was interesting that Shovel's committed to Baylor. The quarterback, that is, is committed to Baylor currently. Now, he has a Houston offer, but he committed to Baylor a while back, uh, several months ago at this point, in June of 2023. And the guy he committed to, the recruiter on the case for him, was a guy named Sean Bell. Yep. That guy. That Sean Bell. The Sean Bell that Houston now has as their quarterback's coach. Yes, that Sean Bell. Now, I'm not saying that is going to commit to Sean Bell wherever he goes. There's plenty of reasons to pick a school, and some of those have more to do with the school than the coaching staff. I'm not in this kid's head. I've done very little looking up because he was not a Houston commit, and just... I needed to go down this rabbit hole for my own mental sake, right? But Sean Bell, interestingly enough, now at Houston, um had reportedly also been involved in getting Baylor as far as they got in Lagway, the kid from Willis, the five star all everything kid that is going to Florida, right? Baylor was in his final four. And Sean Bell was involved in that. Sean Bell was, frankly, involved because he played with Lagway's father at Baylor, it sounds like, right? Um, Now, in three seasons as a position coach at Baylor, Sean Bell had 14 commits to Baylor. There are three stars or higher, 12 of them being from the state of Texas. I think it's worth pointing out that he's probably going to go get somebody, whether it's Adam Schoenberg or somebody else. That fits the system he and Barbe want to run. And I think that they're giving him the reins to do that in the 2025 class once they get this 2024 thing over, right? I'm not saying they flipped Adam yet. I'm saying with the turmoil, I mean, they're surprised Dave Randis has a job in Waco. We got the guy that was recruiting Shobel to Waco in the first place in Houston we are in the big 12 and frankly we beat those guys a year ago. Um, i could see all those things pointing to pulling the kid to Houston. I also was interesting looking at this um, as far as recruitment goes that Sean is not the only bell on the coach staff, right? We talked about his brother Brian is going to be joining as an analyst. Uh, i didn't put together till this and so interestingly enough here Brian Bell, Sean's brother, was a starting quarterback at same Houston State under one Willie Fritz, when they're winning on those football games in 2010, 11, 12, 13, that was when Brian Bell, now analyst for Houston Cougars, brother of Sean Bell, was at Sam Houston. And so I think my initial fear when we hired Brian, or we hired Sean, I should say, was that this was not a long haul play. This is simple getting away from the house before it falls down in Waco. Let's go find somewhere else to be. Right. I, I have to admit that I had that fear about the Bells coming because frankly, Sean went to Baylor. He's very tied to Baylor, very connected to Baylor. They both went and played for their father at China spring in the area, right? Like they're very central Texas connected. What's going to happen? Why are these guys coming to Houston? What's the connection here? And we've found it now. That's not to say that Brian Bell is not a good coach, his own right. That doesn't mean that, you know, there's no other reason that these two guys are higher at the University of Houston. I do think it's interesting, and I think it's interesting looking at that Brian brought Sean and that Sean could bring in a handful of other high end recruits. Now, he does focus uh, primarily on Central and Western Texas, which is a little bit different. Um, he, and looking through the guys he's credited with getting commits out of on websites like 24 seven, it does look like he's in a little work in Cy ranch and Waller. Right. Um, but he mostly works in places like Manor and ma- places like Lubbock and places like, uh, you know, Georgetown, uh, round rock, like those central Texas areas. And so, We'll see what he gets tasked with here. I hope he gets tasked with pulling in a new quarterback in the 2025 class because, frankly, I was kind of eager to see what Kitna looked like given the reins, right? Um, And and we'll see. Right now it looks like Donovan's still the guy. I've got no other guys in the pipeline right now, I'm sure they'll probably pull someone in to push him in some sort of a way as a transfer, or if they're going to flip a high school kid before the late signing day, right? Someone to push him and create competition because competition breeds the best and brings the best out of people. But as it currently stands, that guy is not out there. Now, as according this podcast, nothing has happened on it yet, but Tulane, I guess did just finish up their bowl game on the, Wednesday, December 27th. So you could see people enter the portal, including that, you know, quarterback-y type positions and stuff like that of various importance, although it's not going to be the starter starter. He's trying to go pro. Um, you could see those kinds of guys into the portal as well and you see those kind of connections being made with Willie. Willie has a type of guy he likes, just from a culture perspective. That's why so many guys on the staff have ties to him from previous stops um including apparently brian and his brother sean bell so we'll see what they do with the quarterback position again i think a new offense a new scheme a new look at uh donna smith could be a good move but i also continue to trust in willie fritz and speaking of things you should trust in if you're looking to get involved in football or put your, you know, money where your mouth is with football, as the weather is getting colder, NFL offers are saying hot at FanDuel right now. New customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 moneyline bet. It's 150 bucks if your team wins. You Just have to pick the winner this weekend. Houston Texans are the favorites to beat the Tennessee Titans. For a second time this season, this time at home, Houston's favored by four and a half points. But that money line bet you got to pay attention to is minus 230. Houston's what? You put $5 down on that. Houston wins. You get 150 bucks back in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on college today. Fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season today. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so this is the fun when We look at teams that Houston beat this season because there were a couple of those. And teams that Houston beat this season that actually won their bowl games. Yes, that's actually a thing that happened. Now, teams Houston played thus far this season. I guess you should check to make sure as I'm recording this that um, Oklahoma State game is final or feeling final. Um, but Houston... Played a handful of teams this season in bowls, and if the result holds with Oklahoma State leading AM in the fourth quarter, Houston teams Houston played will be a combined uh, four and two in bowls this season. Teams Houston beat, however, are two and 0 oh in bowls this season, which is fascinating to me. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Now, um, in looking at West Virginia. Let's let's go West Virginia first because West Virginia won what might be my favorite sponsor for a bowl game, and that is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Mayo. They covered Neil Brown and Mayo after they won the football game. Uh, they won the game thirty to ten. Now, obviously, they played North Carolina without Drake May. Um, Connor Harrell was the starting quarterback there. At North Carolina he had a rough day at the office. Garrett Green, who frankly helped Houston win the game that they did beat West Virginia in, had a decent game? Question mark? The real trick was that West Virginia dominated on the ground as we thought they might try to do against Houston. They could not do against Houston. Good showing for the Big 12 in this one. <coughs> West Virginia improves to 9-4. One of those four being a loss to the Coops. UTSA. So I'm pulling up my stat sheets here. UTSA was able to beat Marshall 35 to 17. Uh, we actually saw Marshall roll out Cole Pennington, son of Chad Pennington, in this game. Um, however, UTSA was without their own starting quarterback. They went with Owen McCown as the starter, who had two touchdowns in the game. He also had two interceptions for what its worth. But the real story here was also on the ground, another 135 yards and three touchdowns on the ground for the UTSA Roadrunners uh, in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. It's a lot of work. Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. Now, UTSA also got to nine and four, one of those four losses being to the University of Houston. So I look at this, frankly, I'm like, you know, what's this say when Houston was able to beat so many of these, frankly, talented teams, bowl winning teams, teams that got to nine wins on the season? What's that mean? If half of the teams Houston beat got to nine wins, it means that there was talent on that roster, folks. There was talent. They're really that we talked about all off season there was a chance there were talented football players and there was talented football to be played, even if it doesn't come out at every single turn. Now with that said, it also says that Houston played a difficult schedule because Houston played two other teams that, or I guess they played four other teams that are in bowls. We're assuming that Oklahoma state's going to hold on and win this one over the Texas A&M fight Naggies. Aggies. Um, and in doing so, I guess it should point out that, um, Oklahoma State is running with Alan Bowman in this game. We know that they, at one point this year, are multiple quarterbacks and stuff like that. But interestingly enough, thus far in the game, um, Ollie Gordon is having a fairly, we'll say, normal game question mark. Um, Alan Bowman is just kind of, you know, Throwing a couple touchdowns, 367 yards passing thus far. um, 31 to 20, Oklahoma State's way at this point. Um, If Oklahoma State holds on to win, it'll be interesting if it's a fairly, again, normal day at the office for Ollie Gordon. That would also get them to 10 and 4 at Oklahoma State. Um, Texas Tech won their bowl game. As I pull up my – yeah, over Cal. That was at the early front-end portion of bowl season. Uh, Texas Tech's roster, a little bit different looking. Uh, they did end up rolling out with Baron Morton, who threw three touchdowns. Um, Taj Brooks carried the ball 30, uh, 22 times, um, but their receivers were kind of up and down all over the map a little bit, and the defense is all over. the. They still beat Cal. Uh, Texas Tech got the 7-6. and six. Central Florida, who did beat Houston, unfortunately, lost. Um, I took note of that one because they lost to Georgia Tech, kind of in a stunning fashion. Honestly, if you want to go to the um, like game, the what do you call the graph where it's like who's going to win the football game? Um, I, frankly, uh, UCF like jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead. And you thought like, oh man, they're gonna come on gangbusters like they did against Oklahoma State. Um couple easy little touchdown passes from John Rice Plumley. Um, you know, it's just gonna march it down and keep on winning this football game, just like they did against Oklahoma State, gonna be a big blowout win in the bowl season. And then they only had a field goal in the second quarter and did not score again. Georgia Tech had, was 17 17 at halftime. Georgia Tech put on another 13 in the second half to win that football game. Um, questionable game for sure. For I mean, got to question a lot of things about the way that the second half laid out for Central Florida. But I do think it's worth pointing out that, like, the same speed that got at Houston clearly surprised Georgia Tech out the gate as well, even if Georgia Tech found a way to adjust to it. The other one I think people are looking at as a shocker, but it's not really a shocker to look at is uh, Texas State had a fun time beating Rice, and we actually got to laugh at SMU along the way here because Texas State and Rice sold more tickets to that bowl game than SMU ever put in their own stadium because it was being played at Ford Field or whatever they call it. That's fun. They also ran out of beer in the third quarter of the entire stadium, so that's funny. But – more importantly in this matchup Texas State did beat Rice. I think a lot of people are looking at it as like oh see Rice is Rice is still 6 and 7. Who's this team that Houston lost to? But Rice while they did play Luke McCaffrey in this game, he only had a couple carries. Um he only had three catches and perhaps more importantly to like comparing apples and apples here, JD Daniels did not play. I maintain When I saw that game against Houston, JT Daniels looked like he diced up the Houston secondary in the first half of that football game. And if you're not playing JT Daniels' rice, you're not playing the same rice the rest of us played. And I think that's really, really important to keep in mind when you're looking at these kinds of things. Now, bowl season is not over. We'll probably do a more broad recap when it's all said and done about how Houston's opponents did in their bowl games. But it's interesting to see how it's playing out so far. I want to make sure we had a quick little update. Tomorrow's episode, unless something major happens in football, is going to be about basketball. Getting ready for Penn over the weekend. It is not a slouch. Penn is a good basketball team. The Ivy League actually has some basketball going on this year. So we got to pay attention to make sure we're taking it seriously. We'll be doing it each and every day here at Locked on So thanks so much for tuning in today. Even along the holidays, they're going a little bit more scattered here and there's observing various holidays. Thank you all so much for tuning into Lockdown Cooks, Lockdown Cooks, Prime Lockdown Podcast Network. That means your team every day go kooks.